If you have your Bibles, open them up to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, 29 through 32. This again is a message that just was downloaded in my spirit. Actually, two weeks ago it came to me. But you know, it wasn't the right time last week. How do you know timing is everything in the kingdom of God? Say timing is everything. This is the right time. So I need you to really listen to this. If you're taking notes, get ready. Amen. Ephesians 4, verses 29 through 32. It says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Now, today I want to talk about and teach about a topic that has brought a lot of pain and a lot of heartache on people uh, in their lives personally. I'm talking to Christians, obviously. In their lives personally corporately, in marriages, relationships, families, and yes, in local churches. I want to talk about the dangers of corrupt communication. Say corrupt communication. Now, the new King James here said, let no corrupt word come out of your mouth. King James says communication. I really like the King James Version. I like that. The King James Version says, let no uh, corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Now, there are very good reasons why the Word of God warns us not to let corrupt communication proceed out of our mouth. See, God did not command uh, command in the Word of God, command us in the Word of God just to be a controlling dictator. How many of you know there's people who think of God as just a controlling dictator, right? Oh, he just wants to control me. He wants to tell me what to do. How many of you know we live in a society that is filled with rebellion? And yay, it's creeped into the body of Christ around the world too. Amen? Now, so he put in his word, he put that in his word for our benefit, to warn us, to protect us personally, and to protect our relationships. So you not you must understand and know this truth. If you miss this truth about God, you will always you will you will always have a wrong perspective about our heavenly Father. Here's what you need to keep in mind when you read the word. Are you ready? Our heavenly Father is a protector. Our heavenly Father is a protector. If you view him any other way than a protector, that's when you're going to go into the ditch and come up with false doctrines that pinpoint him that he's the one giving you that sickness or disease. That he's the one giving you that trouble. Come on, somebody. Amen? Thank you, you two. I appreciate that. Every command, every truth revealed in the Word of God is for our benefit to protect us from the dangers of the spiritual realm and the natural realm. If you will view your Heavenly Father and His written Word from that perspective, now, if you view it from that perspective, the commands in the Word of God, the admonitions in the Word of God will make perfect sense. And it will allow you to get to know the real God of the Bible. And not just a made-up one. 
from a fleshly perspective. So you need to know and understand again, your heavenly father, my heavenly father, he is a protector. Can we all agree on that? Now, when he tells us to let no corrupt word or communication proceed out of our mouth, there's a very good reason for it. Because I found this out. The Holy Spirit never wastes words in the word of God. Every word means something. There is a purpose in every word. Amen? Oh, this is good. Listen to this. The word communication. Listen, what does the word communication mean? The word communication is defined as this. The imparting or exchange of information. I believe someone mentioned the word impartation today. And that that's, goes right along with what this is talking about. Communication is the imparting, say imparting, or exchange of information. This verse specifically in Ephesians is talking about communication or spoken words to other people. When we are speaking words to people, there is, make no mistake about it, there is an impartation taking place spiritually which affects a person emotionally. Have you found that out? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Baloney. They hurt. They wound. They stick with you longer than a physical wound. Are you following me? There is an impartation taking place with every word that comes out of our mouth. Spoken words release an impartation either from the kingdom of God or from the kingdom of darkness. There is, you could say it this way, there is a spiritual presence on our words. There is a spiritual presence on our words. That's why words affect our emotions. Spoken words are a spiritual force. I said it before. Spoken words are a spiritual force. And they are containers. They contain an impartation of something, either negative or positive, either edifying or a tearing down, either a building up or a destroying. This is one reason why the, God, why the Word of God encourages every Christian to pursue the spiritual gift of prophecy. You want to know why? Because prophecy is inspired utterance from the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit speaks, it's going to edify. It's going to build up. It's going to correct someone that's off course. Are you following me? It will build up and edify the hearer, the listener. It will release an impartation from the Holy Spirit from heaven into the hearer's life. Listen to this. The word corrupt in Ephesians 4.29. This is, I love breaking definitions down. The word corrupt in Ephesians 4.29 literally means this. Rotten or putrid. As in rotten or putrid fruit. Mm, Come on, somebody. Our spoken words have the potential to create either good fruit, come on, or rotten fruit in our lives personally and in the lives of others, particularly those that we have authority over. Our children, our spouse. Are you following me, somebody? Go to Proverbs 18, 21. 
Proverbs 18, 21. I'm talking about corrupt communication today. The dangers of corrupt communication. There is, in fact, an impartation taking place with every spoken word that is released. Proverbs 18.21 says this, Death and life are in the power, or literally in the authority of the tongue. And those who love it, interesting, and those who love it will eat what? It's fruit. Say fruit. Do you want good fruit or rotten fruit to manifest in your life? Do you want your spouse and children to eat good or rotten fruit in their life? Are you following me? I want you to notice in Ephesians 4.29, it says this. Let, say let. Let no corrupt word or communication proceed out of your mouth. In other words, this reveals that we are in absolute control of the rudder of our tongue. It is all our responsibility. Now look at this. The word proceed. I love this. The word proceed is defined as this. To begin or to continue a course of action. To begin or to continue a course of action. You could say it this way. Don't allow corrupt communication to even begin or don't let it continue its course of action. In other words, you could say it this way. Don't deliver the evil package. Don't impart that evil package to that person. Oh, come on, somebody. Mmm. Don't deliver that evil package of corrupt words, of corrupt communication. In other words, if you have a desire to speak words to someone that will produce rotten fruit in their life and in yours, shut your mouth. Don't allow it to proceed. Don't allow it to go ahead of you or to come out of you. Stop it. This is a word from the Holy Ghost today. This is a pure word. You can feel it. Hey, you can feel the anointing. I can feel the anointing flowing right from this today. Remember, our words, I said it before, our words sign contracts in the spirit realm, either with the kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness. Your spoken words employ angels or they employ demons in your life, your family's life, and all the relationships you have. I want you to notice that Ephesians 4.29, it didn't say don't think it. Of course, we're not supposed to think it. But it is saying not to allow those evil thoughts, listen to me, to even form words that are going to negatively affect the hearer. Don't be word cursing other people. Don't be word cursing yourself. Spoken words. This is why. This is why. Not to let it proceed. Because the Holy Spirit is saying this. When you let it proceed out of your mouth, it's going to cause a manifestation in the natural realm. Remember, your thought life connects with the spirit realm. But when you speak a word, it will bring a manifestation in the natural realm. It will create good fruit or rotten or putrid fruit in your life. This passage is in connection to communicating with people. Now listen to this. This is interesting. This whole uh, passage in Ephesians. And tucked right in the middle 
of that passage about not letting uh, corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, tucked right in the middle of that package is the command of that passage. You could say package is the command and warning. Are you ready for this? Not to grieve the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Not to grieve the Holy Spirit. Our words have the potential to grieve the Holy Spirit. The way that we treat and speak to others literally affects your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? You could be shutting the Holy Spirit up in your life because you're treating someone like dirt. Come on, somebody. When the Holy Spirit is grieved, you start to sense that also. Many times, listen to me, church, many times it's not the enemy attacking you. You might be feeling the grieving of the Holy Spirit. Mm. You may be feeling the grieving. You may be feeling the emotions of the Holy Spirit. It is impossible to have an intimate and dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit when you treat people negatively. Both must be positive. Your horizontal relationships will determine your vertical relationship with God. Now listen to this. Are you getting anything out of this? And I'm only on page three. We got eight. We got eight total here. So hold on tight. All right. Listen to this. After talking about letting no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth and not to grieve the Holy Spirit, listen to this. The Word of God then lists it lists things that cause corrupt communication to come out of your mouth. You ready for this? This is, what, this, this is a partial list of some of the things that cause corrupt communication to come out of someone's mouth. Here it is. Number one, bitterness. Oh, if there's bitterness, you can't hide it. Because the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Number two, wrath. Number three, anger. Next is clamor. I know that don't mean much to you right now. So I'll define it for you. You Want to know what clamor means? A loud and confused noise, especially that of people shouting vehemently. You want to know that's talking about rage, where someone's so enraged, they're spouting off and they're not even thinking about what they're saying anymore. Next, evil speaking. And the last it mentions here is malice. You want to know what malice means? The intention to do evil. When you speak something to someone that's negative, your intention, right? Right? You get in a fight with your spouse or someone, right? And you get in a fight with them and you, you're like, oh man, you're in your mind. You're thinking, man, I, should, I probably shouldn't say that. That's going to, that's really going to, but you get so enraged. Finally, finally, you let it out. And it's like stabbing them with a knife. And you think, I should have never said that. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Oh, my goodness. Anybody ever done that before? Man, you know you shouldn't have said this thing. Oh, I shouldn't bring this thing up from the past. But I'm going to do it anyways. You do it, it's a regret. Because it harms the marriage. 
It harms the relationship. It harms whatever, whatever relationship we're talking about here. So it says to let it be put away from you. It is in our control to put those things away from us. Amen? Just like it is to forgive. It's not impossible. We can do it. We can do it. Now, let's talk about this. You can't talk about corrupt communication without talking on this. And for some reason, the Holy Spirit led me in this way. But it's going to be powerful. Here we go. Let's talk a little bit about verbal and emotional abuse. Verbal and emotional abuse. I think this should be taught from a pulpit more often. Because it happens all the time. Yay! In Christian households. Here we go. Abuse is defined as this. The improper usage or treatment of a person or thing. Hmm. Let me drop that on you one more time. Abuse is defined as the improper usage or treatment of a person or thing. Often to unfairly or improperly. Here it is. Gain benefit. So what does that tell me then? Abuse is about control and manipulation. And both of those things are at the very root and heart of witchcraft. Abuse is flat out witchcraft. Now I'm not talking about the religion. I'm talking about witchcraft, manipulation, and control. That's what abuse is all about. God created people us with a free will, not to be controlled like robots. Amen. Like I've taught before, you ready for this? God doesn't even control people. And what he brought up to me is this, you know how it says God changed the heart of Pharaoh. You remember that? But you know what? God didn't just tap in and shift it. You want to know how he changed it? And this is how you pray for people to change. Ready? He, he created circumstances that would change the heart. You want someone to change? Say, Lord, change their circumstances that they would draw closer to Jesus. Are you following me? Anything else that has to do with control is witchcraft prayers. Come on, somebody. And we know witchcraft is rebellion. Amen? See, that is why abuse crosses the line of improper usage of a person. It is bondage and it causes emotion, extreme emotional pain and extreme emotional torment in a person's life. If you've ever suffered emotional, any kind of abuse, you know it causes extreme torment. All the 24 years I've been doing uh, emotional healing and deliverance ministry, this, if, huh, I, I, it's, it's an epidemic in the body of Christ. It's an epidemic. I have found in the 24 years of my my deliverance ministry experience that abuse, listen to me now, is usually a generational curse that runs from one generation right down the family line. Someone who's experienced some kind of abuse, I always say, so what was your mom or dad's relationship like with their parents? Oh, they were abused too. Come on, somebody. A father that physically and emotionally abuses their children, or anybody for that matter, you will usually find out 
that they were abused by their parent or someone in authority over them in their life, a grandparent, someone. Are you following me? The cycle needs to stop. If that's you, you need to break that demonic cycle and seek deliverance. Come on, somebody. You need to expose and deal with that bitterness, that wrath, that anger, that clamor, evil speaking and malice that has caused you to abuse your children and the people in your life. In fact, I found this out. People who are abusers, they walk away feeling guilty and bad. They don't want to do it, but they're in bondage to it. Are you following me? That still don't excuse them because they have a free will to break that cycle. Are you following me? Abuse is very common, like I said, even in the body of Christ. It's witchcraft, it's control, it's manipulation. And when you speak evil and hurtful words to your children, to your family and others, listen to what you're doing. You want to know what you're doing? You are stripping them of understanding their God-given identity. You are literally stripping them of their God-given identity because now they're focused on why does mom or dad hate me? My heavenly father must hate me too. You're stripping them. You are stripping them of understanding their God-given identity. You are releasing death upon them and that relationship. You are stripping your children of the innocence and opening the door to anger, fear, and all of those negative emotions in their life that will lead them down the wrong path in their life until they seek help. Are you following me? You are releasing rotten putrid fruit in their life. Now, what sane parent would do this? They wouldn't. They just haven't thought about it like this. They haven't thought it. They haven't thought about it this deep. That's why you're here today. Amen? When you speak evil to your spouse in the wrong spirit, you are destroying that marriage with every careless syllable that you speak. Husbands, listen to this. Husbands and wives that verbally abuse each other are opening the door to the devil. And when he comes in, you want to know what happens? You want to know what happens? He will try his best. The enemy will try his best to influence them to fall into the arms of another. Oh, the rubber's hitting the ground today. Come on, somebody. You want to protect your marriage? You better protect what you're, what's speaking, what you're speaking to your spouse. Amen? How you're treating those individuals. If, you're, if you are abusing a person, you are fill, I'm just going to say, you're filled with demons and allowing them to operate and fulfill their evil will through you to control, to manipulate, and physically and emotionally harm an individual. You're being a puppet for the enemy, and it can stop Today. Amen? The devil, listen, the devil didn't make you do it. Here's what happened. They tempted you. They influenced you. There was a weakness from that generational curse down the family line, and you fell into it. That's what happened. They influenced your thought life, and by your own free will, you did it. That is why the command is given to us not to let corrupt communication proceed out of our mouth because you're given an assignment to either demons or angels. The kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of God. Here's another thing. 
Abuse is driven by unresolved anger in a person's life. And that gives place to demons to come in and influence and and a person to abuse others. It becomes a stronghold. Now, listen to this. Now, there's a difference between a rebuke and emotional and verbal abuse. Let me just touch on this here. Listen to this. A rebuke is a positive thing because you are pointing something out, uh, something negative out with a purpose of creating change in a person. Are you following me? You want to make them better. Uh, A rebuke is seeking, a God-given rebuke, is seeking correction. Say correction. But abuse, on the other hand, has the intent of emotionally and or physically harming and damaging a person's life. It's all in the motive in how it comes across. Are you following me? So, listen, uh, spoken words that are released, they can never be taken back. Did you know that? Listen to this. I mean, I heard a teaching before, and it stuck with me for, oh, man, up until now, that when words are spoken, they keep going. The vibration of those words keep on moving. Are you following me? Words are powerful. Words are very powerful. Spoken words that are released can never be taken back. Your spoken words will leave a lasting imprint on the soul of the recipient of your impartation of the package that you delivered to them. Remember, communication is an impartation. Say impartation. A person can eventually, listen, a person can eventually be healed from the pain of those hurtful words. We know that, right? A person can receive healing. We know that. All things are possible with God. But they will always be imprinted on the memory of that person. That's why when I pray for someone for emotional healing, my prayer is this. Lord, heal the pain of that memory. We can't erase the memory. Are you following me? You can't erase the memory. But the pain can be taken out of that memory. Praise God for that. Amen. Spoken words have the ability to scar Leave a scar in a person's soul. A scar in the soul is just like a scar on the physical body. It's a reminder of your past. It's a reminder of where you came from. Come on, somebody. Now, let me show you. Proverbs 16. You done? You ready to go home? All right. That's what I'm going with then. Go to Proverbs 16. Proverbs 16. (laughs) Proverbs 16, 23 through 24. Mm, this, this is such a right now word from the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you. Here we go. Proverbs 16, 23 through 24. It says, The heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. Let's break this down because this is absolutely powerful. Wisdom will cause you to shut your mouth when you have nothing good to say. I saw a Facebook post that said this, and I love it. You ready? It says, shut your mouth until you heal. Shut your mouth until you heal. Because you're not going to be doing anyone a favor. Come on, you're going to be planting rotten fruit in that garden. Come on, somebody. Listen to this. 
Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. Now, do a, do a study on honeycomb. I've just briefly went there. Honeycomb is very nutritious and healthy for you. Did you know that? There are nutrients, there are vitamins in it. It's very uh, nutritious. Look it up and do a study on it sometime. But here's what it's saying. You're kind, you're loving, you're caring, you're anointed and edifying words can literally heal a person's soul, mind, will, and emotions, and their physical body even. Did you catch that? Not just the soul, the physical body. Now, here we go. Here's, let's break this down. I want you to notice the order of that verse, which is, by the way, intentional by the Holy Spirit. First of all, the words are healing to the soul. It, the words, when a, your package is delivered, it goes to the soul, mind, will, and emotions first. And then, secondly, it affects the physical body. Oh, you're getting it? Are you getting it? I see these light bulbs going off. For healing to take place in your physical body, there must first be healing in a person's soul, mind, will, and emotions. Wow. That order is divine. That order of the soul, then the physical body is on purpose. That is why we do emotional healing before in our personal sessions, before we cast out any devil, before we start praying for him, we deal with the emotional aspects. The physical condition of a physical body is usually, here we go, an overflow, an eruption, a manifestation of some kind of an emotional burden or pain. What happens when someone is, has very negative emotions? Science even tells us. Are you ready? The immune system's weakened. So if your negative words can weaken the immune system, your positive words can strengthen it. There's been studies that they put a, a plant and they blasted Metallica or some death metal and that plant just starts to weaken and die. And then they put anointed music, and speaking positive words, and that plant becomes as strong as can be. Well, that's not just true with plants. Come on, somebody. It's true with us. Third John 2 even says this. Are you ready? Beloved, I pray you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. If you read that correctly, you will see as your soul prospers, physical health will come. That order. Are you following me? Mm. I want you to notice it doesn't say pray to be healed in that verse. It says, I pray you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. You will remain in health. If you allow your soul, mind, will, and emotions to begin to prosper. Now, here's the deal. What is the word prosper? How do you use your soul prosper? We prosper our soul. Are you ready? By guarding and controlling our thought life and filling it with the word of God. Say, I got to guard my thought life. Now, the word prosper in this context means this. Are you ready? To grow strong and healthy or to edify. I like that. 
So that if our soul doesn't grow uh, strong or healthy, it becomes weak, it becomes sick, and it will allow our guard to come down. And that's when the enemy can come in and wreak havoc, havoc and build strongholds in our life that remain. And they, and they want to keep us in bondage with those strongholds. Are you following me? The way the devil gets in is not necessarily how he stays in. He might get in through something, but then it stays in, a demon stays in, because there's a stronghold of something else. You following me? Listen to this. So maintenance on the soul must be a daily, intentional, and consistent action. Filling it with the Word of God. Forcing yourself to focus and think about the right things and casting down the wrong things. Amen? Just like what I preached, was it last week or a couple weeks ago? Exalting the truth in the Word of God over the facts in the natural realm. So here we go. So pleasant words are like a honeycomb and sweetness to the soul, say it, and health to the bones. I like that. So you could say it this way. Are you ready for this? Mm, ah, man, we're going deeper. Here we go. The first stop of the impartation that you release by your spoken words, the first stop of that package is in the soul of a person. Are you following me? The soul, mind, will, and emotions. That's the first place it goes into. And then that affects, uh, and then the effects of that make its way to your physical body. Oh my goodness. We see then from this verse in Proverbs that spoken words affect the soul and the body of a person. Now go to Proverbs 12. Proverbs 12. Oh, I'm telling you, get a hold of this revelation. Get a hold of this revelation. It'll change your life. Amen? Let no corrupt communication or impartation Come out of your mouth. Proverbs 12, 18. <clears throat> mm. And it says these words. There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword. But the tongue of the wise promotes what? Health. Health. My goodness. Health. That's awesome, isn't it? This verse says negative and evil words, literally in the first part of this verse, negative and evil words or corrupt communication is literally like the piercing of a sword in a person's life. And that piercing first happens in the soul. Mind, will, and emotions. It is possible to murder a person's soul and emotions with your words. Do you, you hear that right now? It is possible to murder a person's mind, will, and emotions with your spoken words. And then it says, but the tongue of the wise promotes and advances life, in, uh, pro- promotes life in their own life and in the lives of others. Look at Proverbs 12.25. Proverbs 12.25, same chapter, different verse. Oh my, here we go, listen to this. Someone needs to hear this today. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. But, the, but a good word makes it glad. Now, anxiety in the heart of a person causes depression. Now, I was looking up the different uh, definitions of fe- between fear and anxiety. They are different. Fear is torment. Yeah. 
Are you following me? Fear is torment. You think you're in danger. Anxiety is more of a, just kind of a worried about them. Just a little worried about them. But fear, there's torment in fear, the Bible says. Are you following me? All right. Listen, let me show you how powerful words are. How powerful spoken words are. Words are so powerful that they create a picture of something in your imagination, either negative or positive, either life-giving or a picture of death. That's how powerful your spoken words are. Your spoken words are like a paintbrush on a canvas of your imagination. Are you following me? Words have the potential to create a picture in your imagination that creates anxiety and fear in your soul, in your mind, will, and emotions. And because of of that anxiety and fear, it causes a depression in your life. Have you ever been there? I have. Anybody else? Yeah? It causes an overwhelmingness of heaviness. That's what it depends. Is it pushing down on you? You feel like you can't move. It feels like your breath is being taken away. Are you anybody living here today? Am I talking to humans or robots here today? Thank you. All right. It causes an overwhelmingness of heaviness, depression in your life that steals time and life away from you on this earth. That's not the will of God. Amen. That is the authority. That is the power. That is the danger that corrupt communication has in your life. That is why you need to verbally confess the word of God. When those thoughts start to come, you need to combat it by speaking positive confession of the word of God. Amen. You counteract it. Amen. And when that, because that's trying to rise up, no weapon formed against you shall prosper if you rise up and condemn that word verbally. In other words, you cancel that demonic contract. Come on, somebody. You can't, you you verbally, you got to verbally, don't just think it, let it come out of your mouth. You got to verbally cancel that demonic contract. Come on, somebody. And that's when the weapon that's formed against you will not prosper. Oh my, this is some solid word teaching you all. Amen. This is going to help some people. The thing that counteracts that from happening is a good word that makes the heart of a person glad, it says. I like that. You know, that's why when I'm out with my daughter, Brooke, or something, and she's always commenting when someone's nice to to us or her. When someone's just kind and says a kind word, she'll always make a comment. She'll always be like, Oh, that's so nice when you meet nice people, isn't it? It lifts her spirit. It, it, it lifts her heart. Amen? Isn't that the same way? When you go up here into Walmart, right? Someone's just really kind. It lifts you up. You have that power. You have that authority to do that in someone else's life and in your own life. Come on, somebody. I want you to notice a good word can shift you. From anxiety and fear and depression to gladness and peace. Simply a kind spoken word. Praise God. Don't tell me spoken words aren't powerful. Amen? All that name it and claim it stuff. Well, you know what? There is a truth to it. Are you following me? 
All of this takes place, by the way, in your soul, which includes your imagination. I love teaching on the imagination because for so long we've been treated that the imagination is a tool of the devil. We've always heard about the imagination from a negative aspect. But finally, I got the revelation. Wait a minute. God created us with the imagination. So there must be a godly purpose for it. The devil hijacked it. Take it back. Kick them, kick demons out of your movie theater of your imagination. Come on, somebody, and allow the Holy Ghost and the anointing to come in. Amen? So let me finish. I want to finish this message by talking about another area of danger of corrupt communication. Go to Proverbs chapter 10. I still got eight minutes before noon, so hang in there, okay? Here we go. And I'm going to use every minute of it. Hallelujah. Proverbs 10, 17 through 21. I don't know how you can... Talk about corrupt communication without talking about this topic right here. That's also an epidemic in the body of Christ. All right, here we go. 17 through 21, Proverbs 10. He who keeps instruction is in the way of life, but he who refuses correction goes astray. Whoever hides hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads, underline it, slander is a fool. In the multitude of words, words, sin is not lacking. But he who restrains his lips is wise. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the wicked is worth little. Mm. Verse 21. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of wisdom. Uh, here we go. Ready for this? Whoever spreads slander is a fool. Say fool. What does slander mean then? I'm telling you, this is an epidemic all around the world in the body of Christ. Are you ready for this? Slander is defined as this, making false and damaging statements about someone. Oh, come on, somebody. Oh, sounds like someone's been slandered before up in here. Slander is defined as making false and damaging statements about someone. The Word of God says that in the multitude of your, of your words, sin is not lacking. But he who restrains his lips is wise. So we know then that it's possible to sin with our, with our words. Amen? If you think before you speak and limit and filter your words, the Word of God says you are considered wise. Now, so there's slander. All right? What's gossip? Are you ready? Gossip. Oh, yes. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I'm meddling. Pastor's meddling again. Here we go. Gossip is defined as this, is casual or unconstrained conversation or reports, say reports, about other people typically involving details, underline this if you, if you write it down, that are not confirmed as being true. Go to Proverbs 16, 28. Proverbs 16, 28. There's something about the human nature. We just love gossip, don't we? <laughs> That's your spirit talking, not your flesh. Because the flesh loves it. That, I'm just being honest. The flesh loves it. We, we, we love... You know, that's why people are watching reality shows. That's why we're... You know, I mean, they, they love... The flesh loves it, right? But listen to this. Proverbs 16, 28. It says this. 
a perverse man or person sows strife, and a whisperer separates the best of friends. So gossip sows division. Say division. Now, the main thing that slander and gossip have in common is the wrong motive to cut down or destroy a person's life, ministry, and reputation. It's getting quiet in this church right here. It is, slander and gossip is literally, it's murder of a person's reputation. It is a cutting down of that person to make themselves look better. Gossip and slander. Listen to me now. The Holy Ghost said this to me when I was writing this message. Are you ready? He said, gossip and slander have emptied out and killed more local churches than persecution from unbelievers ever will. Woo. If someone is caught in a sin, if someone has fallen onto hard times, if they've fallen into a bondage, we are called to pray. And it says, if you are spiritual, you will restore them. Yes. Not be used by the enemy to destroy them and kick them while they're down. Amen? One very clever way demons get into a local church. Are you ready? Is to influence people to sow division by gossip and slander. Oh, I'd never be talking about Living Waters Chapel. Am I? I'm not talking. Am I talking? No, I would never talk about Living Listen, many times, here we go. Many times that gossip and slander is aimed at the leader, the pastor. The, here's why. The enemy tempts people to talk against a leader because he's not doing this or he's not doing that. You want to know what? It happened to Moses. Come on, somebody. And in the Garden of Eden, when Satan came along, come on, who did he attack? He attacked God's integrity. Did God really say? Come on, somebody. I'm not saying leaders are God. What I'm saying is be aware this is how the enemy tries to creep in into a local church. That's all I'm saying. The enemy wants to take out the leader. We are in a war. We are in a battle. Amen? The enemy's trying to sow distrust in people toward the leader. That's what it is. Now, I'm not saying leaders can't make mistakes. Amen? I made plenty of them in my life. But the people that know my heart know me. Now, I'm not just saying this whole section because of me. I'm literally talking about the body of Christ because I'm preaching to people all around the world on the Internet too. Amen? But the end game of the kingdom of darkness is to split and shut down the influence of a local church in a region. That's what the enemy's trying to do. That's why it's so... Well, especially if we're taking a stand against all the junk in a community. Come on. You know the enemy's going to try to... He's like, I don't like what's going on over there at Living Waters Chapel. Are you following me? That's why it's so important to shut down the slander, shut down the gossip when it's presented to you. Amen? Amen? When it's presented to me, it shows who is really on board and connected to what the Holy Spirit's doing. Amen. God commands a blessing on unity. So naturally, that is where the enemy is going to attack in the unity of a church. Amen. So don't fall for it. This it's just a warning to put it out there because it happens all the time. Amen. So put away all corrupt communication from you. 
Don't even give place to it. Because love believes the best of people. Amen? And a Christian with a spiritual mindset will help restore a fellow believer that has fallen. Amen? Never forget this truth. When we gossip and slander a fellow brother or sister in the Lord, God takes it very personally. Go to Leviticus. This is my last passage here I want to finish with. Leviticus. Leviticus? Yes, Leviticus. Leviticus 19. Leviticus 19, 15, and 16. I'm ending on this one right here. And it says these words. You shall do no injustice in judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty. In righteousness, say righteousness. You shall judge your neighbor. You shall not go about as a talebearer, as a slanderer, as a gossiper among your people. Nor shall you take a stand against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. Isn't that powerful? So the entire solution to avoiding the dangers of corrupt communication can be summed up in this one verse. Ready? Walk in love toward your fellow man. Amen? And build up and edify every person you come in contact with. Let's stand up in this place. Prayer team, come on to the altar. Hallelujah. I think we hit a bullseye in the spirit today. Now, maybe there's someone in here, you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. The Word says today is the day of salvation. Look, you walk out of here, you take your last breath without Jesus as your Lord. It's done over, end game, that's it. You are in hell for eternity. I don't want to see that happen to anybody. Amen? If you never made Jesus Lord of your life, come forward and pray with one of these prayer partners here to make Him Lord of your life today. Make it public. Make it public. Amen? That's why I like it, praying with people to make Jesus Lord of their life. Because we are not to be ashamed anyways. Amen? Amen. If you're ashamed, I question it if you're even born again. Come on. Amen? Amen. Come on, somebody. Now, maybe you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. You've fallen away. You need to rededicate. And that's just as serious as not being born again. Because you lost the confidence of being saved. And you need to come and pray with one of these today. Let's just make it right. If you've never uh, received the Holy Spirit baptism with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, come forward. We want to pray with you to help you receive today. Amen? It's very easy. Very easy. It's not hard. And last of all, if you need prayer for anything, healing or anything, we will stay as long as we can for you to minister to you. That's what we do at LWC. Amen? Visitors, thank you so much for coming. Everybody, have a great week. I love you all. If you need me, you know where to find me. God bless you all. Have a great week.